Hey guys, I was speaking with Rebecca Wegraff this week. Rebecca is primarily a dramaturg, but I actually met her while she was doing some stage management work, um, which we talk a little bit about on the show, because she's definitely someone who believes in staying close to the arts no matter what role that you're in, you know, even if it's something that takes you out of what you thought maybe was your intended game plan. Uh, so we really dive into that, and she's got such a cool perspective on everything coming from the historical background and the research background and, and stuff that I never gave much thought to, but I definitely should in uh, you know, what I like to do. Um, so I thought it was really fascinating, you know, what she was able to talk about, and I hope you'll feel the same. So enjoy Rebecca Wegraff. Starving Artist Phoenix, I'm Tony Machetti, and I've got Rebecca Wegraff on with me today. How you doing, Rebecca? Good, thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, I I always start off by saying, I'm so excited that you're here, but I am excited that you're here because I haven't talked to somebody with your focus at all before, and I think it's super fascinating. Um, the, so, you have you always been in stage management and dramaturgy? Um, I actually started with acting, uh, so my whole family does theater. I, my parents met doing theater. Um, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, so I grew up, my first show was when I was seven years old. Uh, my brother was five, we did The Music Man, and so... <laughs> so um, was, was the expectation always that you guys were going to do it? Like they were like, like how some parents are like, you're going to be a mechanic like your old man, like you're going you're gonna to be an actress. Yeah, that. I kind of think like we didn't really have a choice because, <laughs> because my parents, um, they knew that they wanted to keep doing theater, they're actors also, and they, they wanted to keep doing their hobby. And then once we got old enough, they were like, we can't afford more babysitting. Uh, so they just kind of incorporated us into the shows. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so my I have a younger brother and we all did theater growing up. He actually lives in New York City now and he's an actor. Um, so I really like acting. I mostly did musicals. But I also really like history, and I really like um, just like learning about different time periods and learning about people from different cultures. And so I think my mom actually was the one who was like, Have you, there's something called dramaturgy that I think you might be interested in. Um, so yeah, so I kind of like started looking more into dramaturgy when I was in college. Um, and maybe a little bit in high school, but at that point I wasn't, I didn't think I really wanted to do theater as like a career because I just felt like I, I knew I didn't want to go into acting as a career. And I, um, so I kind of decided to go down a different path and I actually went to school for anthropology originally. So that's, um, I went to Ithaca College and that was my undergrad degree uh, in anthropology. But then I started like looking more into dramaturgy while I was in college, and I ended up going to grad school for theater, and so I con concentrated in dramaturgy there. Interesting. So, 
at what point did you know that acting wasn't for you, that you didn't want to keep pushing that? Um, probably when I was in high school, like, I really enjoyed acting. I was in that our school musical every year. We did theater outside um, of, of school, too, but I just... It's it's really stressful being a professional actor. Like I know because you know I know a lot of people that are doing that, and I just didn't feel like it was that kind of pressure to like audition all the time was for me. I still like acting, so I still like to do that as a hobby. But um, but yeah, I wanted a little bit more of like a stable job to like in an office. <laughs> so you thought, okay, I'll do anthropology then instead. Yeah. So what, what was the appeal there? Was it just the idea, I guess, going along with the dramaturgy of just like researching different cultures, that type of thing? Or? Yeah, I just, I really like history and learning about, the part of history I like is learning about people, so that's why I went with anthropology. Um, but then I also knew I didn't want to be like an archaeologist, so I was trying to find what exactly it was I wanted to do, and I think that dramaturgy really encompasses like all of the things that I was interested in because it's about theater uh, and theater history and then it's also about history in general and people and cultures and and why plays are written and like what what their the context is of like why when they're written so what were those first experiences with dramaturgy in college like were they were there open opportunities for that or did you kind of have to make it your own in some way yeah, I actually, Ithaca College has a really good theater program, and I ha I was a minor in theater there, so I just, I took some of, like, the general, like, acting and production classes, um, and they, they brought in a dramaturgy professor, um, I think, like, in my junior year, and so I took a dramaturgy class, and it was good timing because then they were trying to kind of start a dramaturgy program and so I was able to I mean it was still like within the just the general theater major but I was really lucky because I was a theater minor but I was able to be a dramaturg for one of the main stage shows um, at Ithaca so that was kind of the first time that I really like fully did dramaturgy for a show um, so that that was really cool because I got to work with the professors um, and then it was like the director of the department that directed the show I was working on so so that was cool. So I mean I, I feel like that in itself would still have a certain level of pressure to it just because um, it seems like dramaturgy the role of it like kind of plays in differently to every show that you do like there's different expectations for it so I mean that that first time that you actually got to fill that role for a show did you know what to expect from it or um, were you going in blind a little bit or how was that like? Um, I think I, I mean I had taken the class the dramaturgy class at that point so I had a little bit of a background of what dramaturgs do but it it was still very new, and I think it, it was also new for the department to have to incorporate dramaturgs in the process. So it was a little bit of a learning experience for everyone, I think. Um, but like we had some guidance from the the professor that was um, of the dramaturgy program. But yeah, it was really just, like, I knew it was about research. I had done a little bit in high school. Like, I had started getting a little bit into just, like, researching um, information for plays. So 
I just, I, I looked up like all the things that were the themes of the play and just did research about it and gave what I, what I could. So yeah, but I've definitely learned like once I went through the grad program, I learned a lot more about what all the different aspects of dramaturgy are because there are a lot of things that dramaturgs can do and I've done like a small <laughs> portion of what dramaturgs can do. Now, walk me through that a little bit because I'm not much a, a, a research-minded person. So when you when you say like I looked at the themes of the play and I did research on them, like what does that actually tangibly look like for you? What's your process? So um, a lot of it has to do with working with the director. Um, so the director would come up, this is, so this is the kind of dramaturgy I would do, would, would be on an established play that's like already been produced. And so the director would have a concept for how they wanted their production to go, like their, their vision. Um, and so the big question for dramaturgs and also for the director when they're, or the, the theater when they're choosing the play is why this play now? And so that could be a play or a musical or any whatever kind of production they're doing. And so the question I think that the dramaturg is trying to help answer and help flesh out for the director and the team is why this play now? So, so like, what is it about this play that is relevant to today's world that the audience is going to want to come see it and it's going to mean something to them? And so it's... So dramaturgy is researching the historical context of the play if it's a historical time period or something um, it would be researching if it's about a specific like culture or subculture it would be researching about that group of people um, if it's uh, again like a historical play it'd be researching about the playwright and their time period and why they wrote the play and what was going on um, so it's just about creating or pulling together the context for the play. And so during the process, the rehearsal process, it would help the director kind of envision what they wanted to do. Um, another part of what the dramaturg does sometimes is to create packets for the actors. And so then the actors have a context for... Um, maybe their specific character, or maybe just the... Like role in society type of thing. Yeah, and so that kind of helps uh, inform... It might, help, it might help inform their choices. Um, and then also for the designers, because if you have a, a historical time period, you want to make sure that it's, like, matches, that, that it's historically accurate. Or if you're recontextualizing something, just to figure out, like, what what connects like the original time period to the one that you're putting it in that it's like that first question that the uh, like the why why now type of thing why does this play matter now that seems like a, a tough position for you to be put in as a dramaturg because you know the director's the one who selects the play or the producers who select the play but whoever whoever is deciding it like they they have their own ideas as to you know why they're doing that so it almost seems like you're put, being put in a position where you're finding support for somebody else's thesis is that do you ever feel like you really have to kind of pull some strings and, and make things work you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it is really supporting the director's vision because they're the one that is coming up with the concept for what they want to do. And, I mean, at least in the situations I've been in, the play has already been selected for the season. So I think there's dramaturgy that goes into the very beginning, like when the artistic team is selecting the season of, like, why they want to do those plays. But I think for me and probably for a lot of dramaturgs, they're coming in, like, after it's already been selected. So then they have to... Yeah, basically just support the vision and bring as much information in as they can um, to to support like what what everyone else is doing. And so I, you're I, kind of like the confirmation bias of the, <laughs> of the director, where it's like, this is why I think it's relevant. Can you go find research that proves that that's correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is, it is like that. And um, I think that everyone in the um, production team and all the actors, I think a lot of people do their own dramaturgy research, like directors do a ton of research, designers I'm sure do a ton of research, and, and actors also. So I think like it's something that everyone is doing anyway. So when there is a dramaturg, it's just even more about like collecting as much information as possible and synthesizing it down into something that is like digestible for people to look at. Um, and then a lot of the times there's not really something physical that people can <laughs> like you don't just have a see from that. <laughs> yeah, there's like the one maybe physical thing that comes out of it that the public sees is like the program notes. Um, if, if there were program notes and then there were a couple times I participated in talkbacks but so that's one of the challenging things about it is like you do all this work and then there it's not like you can say oh I designed that dress and like built that dress is up there like so people don't really see it but they kind of like subconsciously see it like it, it's subconsciously kind of throughout the whole the whole production but it's it's less it's harder to identify I think so is a lot of dramaturgy like sitting around just like hoping somebody will ask you like the questions that that you have the answers to because you already have all the information in your head and it's just like please somebody ask me about what the dining practices were in this time because <laughs> I know yeah I mean that's part of it there's yeah. a lot of conversations with the director sure. um, but but yeah it is just about I mean like when I've worked on productions it's about being in rehearsal and just having the information available so if a question does come up you either can say oh well I researched this and this is what I found, or if it's not something that you found in research, then you can go back and, and try to find the answer. Um, Do you feel like your performance background influences kind of your style or like how you present information? <laughs> um, not necessarily, but I know that as an actor, I often have questions about things, so I, I like knowing like what something would have looked like in a historical time period or if you're ad-libbing like what would be appropriate things to be saying like there's certain slang that's like not appropriate in modern in modern day or that's not appropriate in historical um periods so yeah I think I was always interested as an actor so I just try to think of like what the actors or what the people what the designers might want to know so you you kind of have to try and guess what their questions are going to be before they ask them type of thing. Yeah, yeah and one thing that goes into the um, the packets a lot of the time that dramaturgs put together is a glossary. So you go through the whole play and look at, like I would try to identify all the words that people might have questions about, um, which doesn't necessarily have to be 
like a historical thing, you could do a glossary for a contemporary play also. Um, but if it's just something that you think might need to be explained more in depth, then there's a glossary for people to refer to, which is helpful for me as a dramaturg to go through that so that I kind of understand like what all of those things mean. But then there's also a reference point for people to go back to. So again, what does that like actual process of research look like for you? Like when you have this kind of abstract idea of like the theme of the play and like what you're trying to accomplish with it, how do you actually go about gathering the data? Is it just as simple as like just doing an internet search and, and chipping away at it from there? Or do you kind of have a, a process that you rely on? Um, it depends on what my uh, resources are. So like when you're in college or when you're in grad school, you have a school library that's available to you. So that's that was helpful when I was doing dramaturgy um, at school. So I would usually start with the library. I would search like academic journals um, for for, um, for themes and like for maybe if it's an older play there have pe there are people that have already written articles about like the specific theme um, so when I was in grad school I did dramaturgy for Oscar Wilde's play Salome which is a really interesting play because Oscar Wilde is Irish and he originally wrote the play in French and it's based on a biblical story so there were a lot of like different things going on with that play of like different time periods there's like Victorian Ireland which was when Oscar Wilde was kind of like writing it and then there was biblical like Middle East where it's like actually happening and but then it was written in French which was just kind of like a whole other element so and it's a really abstract play it's like really different from probably most of the plays that people are used to from Oscar Wilde so it so with that, I was looking for like academic things that people had written about just kind of more of like the like philosophies and intellectual things that Oscar Wilde was trying to get across with the play, um, why he was interested in the story, how did it relate to his life. But then we were also kind of, or the director had envisioned it, like different things um, that made it a little bit more modern. And so I had to, I was researching the aspects of his vision and, um, and just kind of putting it all together so that it made sense with like one unified like vision for the, the play. So yeah, so it incorporates academic articles, history books, like if you're finding books about a specific um, era of history and then also for the glossary normally I would just kind of search online like dictionaries encyclopedia and stuff like that okay gotcha so that's super interesting I haven't actually read that play so that was all like very interesting it's, a, it's an interesting play <laughs> do you feel like you have I guess like an area of expertise or like an area of preference when it comes to um, researching specific periods and cultures um I I don't I just like learning in general so I kind of, I mean I like I'm interested in classical time periods I'm interested in the renaissance but I also for several years I worked for a state park that was a historic park 
And so, so I did historical interpretation and like dressed up in, in Civil War clothing. Um, so I ended up learning a lot about the Civil War when I did that job. And so that was really interesting too. So I, I kind of just like learning about all different areas, but I like historical time periods, I think more, more than like contemporary, but I think it's always interesting to learn about new things. Interesting, and that's that's a good kind of transition into. So now you've you've started doing this this uh, type of work in, in college and stuff. So um, since that point, when you realized that that was what you wanted to focus on, how do you find opportunities like that? Like, I feel like a lot of people in the performance world wouldn't immediately jump to like museum theater stuff like that, where you're you're reenacting Civil War stuff and doing the research on it. So how how do you come into those? Yeah, well, with the with the state park, that was actually that was something I got into when I was in college. I actually got into it through AmeriCorps, and I think that AmeriCorps doesn't. They used to have a state parks program, which I think may not. Um, it may have ended, but there's still other AmeriCorps programs. Um, so that was just kind of like a seasonal job at the state parks, and it that was in Delaware. But there are other parks, and I mean, I went to a park here in Arizona that had historical interpretation. So, I mean, that's a cool way to get into it because it involves acting. It involves interacting with the public. Um, I know people in Philadelphia who work for Historic Philadelphia, so they do like Thomas Jefferson and like Betsy Ross and like John Adams. So, so that's kind of like, that's a neat way to intersect with like theater and history if you're interested in both. Um, you just kind of have to find the sites that do that and then like I would just look on their websites and, and see like what kind how they do their hiring. So what was the expectations for you going into a role like that? Like you you were able to track down this thing that seemed like a nice um, intersection, like you said, of like the, the research, the history and like the, the acting and stuff. Like what when you got into a role like that, I've never done something like that. Like what do they expect of you? What do they ask of you? Um, they with that kind of position it's mostly it's primarily about education, so they were less concerned with acting as far as like these are your objectives and this is your like all the things that you kind of do in, in acting class to build your character. And they were more concerned with you just basically memorize this body of knowledge, like this information about what you're interpreting and it was pretty specific to the site that I worked at because we were interpreting like we'd be in a certain room and then someone would come in and we'd talk about that room and we'd talk about what the person we were portraying was doing and and I did first person interpretation which means that you're actually pretending to be the character in that time period as opposed to some places like they'll be in costume but they'll be talking as if they're in today more like a tour guide type of role yeah yeah yeah, so, so with that, it was just more about memorizing as many facts as possible. And, but then there was also an element of improvisation because you never knew what questions people were going to ask. And sometimes they asked really weird questions and sometimes it, you didn't know the answer and you just kind of had to go with it in character. And, um, so, yeah, that was, that was really fun. That's, that's interesting. So uh, you, it was kind of on you as a performer to go out and find the information yourself? Yeah, we had some um, information that was provided to us that people had compiled. Um, there been the place I worked at was called Fort Delaware. There have been books written about Fort Delaware, so like we could read the books that have been written um, and just listening to other people give tours and talks. You kind of just 
like remember everything the, all the main points that they're talking about but then it, like people would ask questions and sometimes they'd have a really good question that you'd never heard before and then so then at the time it's just kind of like oh I that's a good question and like in character trying to figure out how to explain why you don't know the answer but then but then I would like try to find out the answer later so that you could then be prepared so it, it was neat because it was just a continuous learning process now that kind of brings me to like a, a big question I feel like um, you would have an interesting take on just the idea of like the role of education in theater like how important is it do you do you, do you feel like that theater has like a, a base in education like a historical like maybe not even historical but just like facts that they're trying to pass on do you feel like that's an important part of it um, I think it's really important. I might be a little biased because, like, <laughs> because that's what dramaturgy that keeps you in a job. Does. If it is but, um, but yeah, I do. I, th I think just with my experience from doing the museum theater and um, being in, involved with shows as an actor and a dramaturg, I, I think it's a really great way to teach people about topics that they might not know anything about it's it's interactive like it's engaging there's people right in front of you I think like some people like reading history books and like I like reading the information but that doesn't always work for everyone like sometimes people can't just read a textbook and be interested in what's going on but then if you have something like Hamilton then like people are like oh history great and then they're interested in it because the actors brought it alive for them so I think yeah, I think it's really important. And even if the show itself doesn't teach a whole lot, if it just brings up a question or it introduces someone to something that they didn't know anything about, it might encourage them to go learn more about that subject. So I think it's a really good, it's just a really good like jumping off point. That's interesting that we worded that. So do you think that like, I, I, so what, what you said there about like even if the play itself doesn't necessarily teach anything that kind of caught me so like do you feel like when a play is written it should have um some kind of like educational moral or some kind of educational um side of it in mind or? i don't think it has to i mean i i like musicals and there are many musicals that are really just fun to, <laughs> to watch so i think I don't know. I think theater can serve a lot of different purposes. Um, I think there is theater that can be very thought-provoking and almost disturbing, which is good because I think it challenges people to, to get out of their comfort zone. But then there's also theater that just kind of makes you feel good and makes you laugh, and it's a nice way to kind of escape the stress that you're feeling. So I think it can serve a lot of different purposes, and it doesn't have to like be this really in-depth edu educational experience every time but um but i think that's a, an important aspect of of a lot of different pieces and i like being able to find the educational like little nuggets like in different plays that people might not think of something as being educational but i don't know i just like i like learning about about the like different stories and and how they might like connect to 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 things that you might not expect even xanadu can teach you something if you look <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that okay um so all right so now you you've started finding roles like the the state park job and stuff like that like 
Um, how, like, once you're out in the world, once you're out of the educational environment, how do you find opportunities for yourself? Like, is it all just really kind of digging through job service sites and stuff like that? Or? It's it's partially looking yeah. at for job postings. Um, it like networking, which I'm really not like I'm not great at talking <laughs> to people or like talking myself up and you know saying this is what I can do. And I but um, but a lot of the experiences I've had were be, were through people that I knew and that and that had known me. Um, it because I had grown up doing theater, like I just, there were a lot of people who knew me since I was really little, and so they kind of saw the path that I went on, and um, it's great to have people who are supportive and, and like want to help give you opportunities. Um, through school, I met people, a lot of my classmates went on to do like really amazing things and started like theater companies and stuff, so, so I got to work with um, some of my former classmates who, who started projects. Um, someone I know started a, a company called Beacon Theater Productions in Philadelphia and they did historical plays. So I worked with them for a couple projects and that was really great because that aligned with my interests. Um, and then moving out to Arizona, I just moved here about a year ago and I was applying for jobs. Um, before I came out here, um, I was searching on like Idealist, which is good for nonprofit jobs, and Arizona Commission on the Arts was another big one that I was looking at because they post a lot of just like arts and culture jobs. Um, and I ran across there was a posting by the Bridge Initiative, and they were looking, I think, for someone to help with administrative things. And I was like, oh, I'll apply. And so I applied to that, and I interviewed with them, and. Um, the interview was good. I ended up getting different positions in Phoenix that I am now. I'm now working at Phoenix Art Museum, but um, Tracy, Liz Miller, and Brenda Foley, who are the producers of the Bridge Initiative, they got me involved in some of their other projects. So I didn't end up doing the job that they had posted that I interviewed for. But they're like, "Well, we need a stage manager because we're doing a staged reading." Um, of Asterion and that was a year ago and it was right after it was literally like the weekend after I got here and I was like I was like yeah sure I'll do that <laughs> so um so that was really great and it was kind of unexpected because I didn't know exactly where that interview was gonna go but like I'm really glad that I got to talk to them and now I've done a few different projects with with them so so yeah I think you just kind of have to like take a chance and Put yourself out there even if it's not something that you're that's like exactly your interest um if you can just kind of get your name in there then and get to know people it, it helps with other opportunities yeah i i'm a huge supporter of the idea of like the arts adjacent job like when you like you said you were going in for something that was basically administrative work but it's still within the arts field like you still have a, a way to kind of flex that muscle a little bit be around that and, and ended up working out. I think that's awesome. Um, so, I mean, I, I know you mentioned you were doing stage management for them. When did stage management come into play with that? Was it something you were just always kind of doing on the side, or was that um, one of your first experiences with that? Um, I had done a little bit of stage managing before when I lived in Delaware. I there was um, There's a theater there called uh, the Candlelight Theater that I kind of like grew up there <laughs> since I was little, so... Um, 
I had been doing a lot of kind of like behind the scenes projects with them, filling in with like stage managing and, and lights, and I stage managed a production there. So I had gotten into it a little bit, but like through an organization that I felt really close to, and I had also acted there, so um, I just liked being involved like in all the productions in, in some way. So I never really like intended to do stage management <laughs> necessarily, um, but I it's a little bit similar to what I do kind of in my like professional day job. Um, so just like keeping organized, I like keeping organized with schedules and calendars and everything. So, so it seemed like something that fits my skill sets and it's a nice way to be involved in the production. Um, yeah. So it kind of came naturally. It's not something that you necessarily like make your priority, but it's just another talent that you think it's. Yeah, it's, it's another way to be involved, and um, it's, I like being able, like, I like acting, but it's, sometimes it's also fun to sit back and watch uh, the, the actors um, during the process, so, yeah, it's, it's fun, and um, I like stage managing, but I, I know some people through school that focus in stage managing, and they are, like, it's a tough, it's a tough job, so they're, it takes a lot of, like, attention to detail and quick decision making and there are people that are really good at it so I, I like doing it but it's like I feel like I dramaturgy is a little less stressful <laughs> it's like just reading books and yeah. less uh, authority necessary mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, now I, I didn't realize that you had been uh, continuously working with the, the bridge initiative since uh, since we did the stage reading because uh, I really want to get uh, Tracy or Brenda on um, the show but uh, like so what what's kind of the the nature of like the stuff that you've been doing with them is it mostly been the, the stage management role I've been doing some drama turgy work with them or has it just been kind of whatever they need um, I've, I've done stage management uh, work with them so I did that that first reading Asterion and then they had a workshop of a play which I stage managed and that was new because I had never stage managed a workshop before and yeah. I wasn't really sure what that would <laughs> entail um, but it was cool because everyone got to be a part of just kind of talking about the play so in a sense like everyone in the room was kind of a dramaturg during that process because we were all asking questions and trying to you know figure out how the play worked and um, so that was a, that was a really neat experience and then I just also stage managed a reading for um, the Bechtel Test Fest that they did. Right, super cool stuff. Uh, so, um, what is kind of like the the atmosphere like in in a situation like that where it's a relatively new company? They're they're starting out, but they're I mean they're doing awesome huge stuff. But um, for the most part, it's it's still kind of small scale as opposed to like when you have college funding and stuff and you have these kind of major shows that are coming through um, that, that you might be working with. Like, how is it different when you're kind of the scrappy young like <laughs> theater company? Um. I think, be, well, partly because the people involved are are all doing it kind of in their spare time. So it's, you have to be really passionate and really dedicated and just fitting it in where you can as opposed to if you're working with people who, like, they work at the theater company and it's their full-time job to be producing. So I think it is different because you're working around people's schedules a lot more and um and yeah but it's exciting because it's like new new work and and new projects and um and everyone is because they're 
like spending their free time on it, you know that they're really they're really passionate about it. So is that pretty infectious right away? Even even if somebody who's not directly in like one of the artistic elements, the creative elements of it, like you can pretty much pick up on that energy. Yeah, and I think like especially with that group, and I mean there are a lot of groups doing doing things that are trying to like give a voice to people who are not as represented in theater. Um, but that's their whole and, reason for being, yeah. basically, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's exciting, is just trying to not be doing the same canon of plays all the time and trying to, like, bring in new new voices. That's interesting. I think that that's an interesting thing for a, a dramaturg to be excited about, because I feel like, you know, your whole life would be the canon of plays, but... That yeah, kind of bring although in, yeah. there's also new play dramaturgy, which I haven't... Um, that hasn't been part of my experience but um it's definitely something that i'm interested in but that's like a whole other aspect of dramaturgy is when a playwright is working on a new play and then they kind of have someone else who is reading it and saying like i liked this but i didn't understand this or like that said this in scene three and then in scene eight it said something else that like seemed to so it's it's kind of just a conversation like with the playwright and helping them think through like what they want the play to say and um, just, like keeping things consistent and um, so yeah I think that would be exciting too but it can it can involve working on new plays um, I like history so I've worked on some of the old ones but yeah there's a lot that dramaturgs can do <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like that's a direction you would you would want to like consciously go in the idea of, of more new play development I think I, I think it would be interesting. It would be a different kind of research because you'd be, I mean, you'd be researching things that didn't have a precedent before. Like when I was working on Salome, there were like 30 articles that had already been written about that specific play. But if you're working on a new play, like there's no articles written about it. And um, any of the research you're doing is just kind of trying to help build the world or help help the playwright build the world of the play and to help them kind of like flesh out what um what the play is saying so it's really driven by the playwright but then the dramaturg it's just there to be kind of like a pre-audience to um like maybe before they get to the staged reading to anticipate what are some of the questions the audience might have I think that's interesting because, I mean, yeah, a lot of the times I feel like when a playwright is writing a new play, they have to be their own dramaturg, obviously, to kind of research, you know, what's important, what they need to be showing and stuff, and make sure it's all accurate in some way or another. So, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about it before, but that's a position where it would be really, really crucial to have, I think, a dramaturg involved that, that can make a big difference. Um, so since being in Phoenix, like you said, you've, you've found this opportunity through this this company, you're, you're working at a day job you said it was relatively similar to it, uh, like to those... I guess, same talents and stuff that you're using. Um, so ha have you found that there's kind of a different feeling at all working here in Phoenix uh, from other places that you've been there? Um, I, I do think that Phoenix has a pretty vibrant art scene. Like I didn't know what to expect before I moved out here because I lived, I lived in Northern Delaware, but it's really close to Philadelphia and Philadelphia has a ton of theaters and museums and it's like a really historical city so um i and i and then i was also relatively close to new york city so i was a little nervous at first because i was like what is it going to be like in like 
out west, like in the <laughs> like I don't know. So I was researching, but I actually did find a, a lot of theaters in the Phoenix area, and so I was like, well, that's great. And and there are also a lot of museums. Um, I mean, I work at the art museum, and there are a lot of other great museums in that area. So, uh, but this isn't like a super bustling, busy city like New York. So I don't know it's kind of like a nice balance working here where there there are things to do and, and people go out and find um, opportunities to see art but um, but yeah it's a little it seems to me at least coming from the East Coast it seems a little more relaxed <laughs> now this might be kind of a loaded question to you but do you feel like you prefer this I guess level of excitement of of bustle um, as opposed to something more on the East Coast like Philadelphia or like Chicago or like Boston where that might have a lot more? Do you feel like more comfortable in this kind of setting? Um, personally, I, I feel comfortable li like not living directly in a city. So I think the greater Phoenix area is a really, it's really nice because you can have that mixture of being like downtown but also being a little further out where it's, it's not, as, uh, not as busy. But yeah, and I think, like, I know they have First first Fridays in, in Phoenix, which I think is a really great way to bring the different, like, arts organizations together and people can kind of hop around to different galleries and, and things. Um, so I think that's a really neat uh, initiative, and you can kind of do it um, in the city because there aren't, like, 10 million other things going on. Okay, nice. Well, I think that's a good time to kind of start wrapping up. A couple last questions that I like to ask. Um, first off, uh, who in town do you feel like you want to give a shout out to? I know you've already dropped a couple names, but is there anybody in particular you want to give some recognition to? Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've since moving here, I've worked primarily with the Bridge Initiative. I think they're doing really great work. I think some of the new plays that they've brought in have been really incredible, and so I'm excited to see like what new works they um, are working on in the future. Um, and then um, I've seen things at Southwest Shakespeare Company. I know they also do really great, great work. And just working at Phoenix Art Museum, um, I've met a number of local artists. And I think, like, and I, I think there are a lot of galleries in the area. I'm not so much a visual arts person myself. Um, since that's not really my background, but I think there's a lot there. Like, if people are interested in that, there, there are a lot of local artists that are doing really cool things. So, as a good place to start if someone were interested in that like that, I didn't realize that Phoenix Art Museum had such an emphasis on local stuff. That's interesting. Well, not necessarily, like, at... I mean, there are some local artists featured in, in the art museum, but like I said with First Friday, like, Galleries you can kind of... It, yeah. yeah, you can kind of, like, go around the area and... There are people who like working at Phoenix Art Museum and in association with Phoenix Art Museum who, because like they're artists themselves, like that may not be their position at the museum like me. I like work in development, but I am a dramaturg. So <laughs> I think people who like doing art are just drawn to arts. Arts adjacent, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> arts adjacent, it's a great way to network. Um, last, uh, oh, not the last thing, the next thing I'd like to ask, any kind of personal projects or anything like that you want to plug up in the future? Um, I don't, not that I can think of right now, but hopefully. <laughs> Check out Phoenix Art Museum for sure. Yeah. Keep an eye on the Bridge Initiative. Mm -hmm. Yep.
Um, do they, is there like a website for the Bridge Initiative yet? I don't know if there's one yet. I think it's, I don't want to, I don't want to quote it wrong. I think it's Bridge in it. So it's like Bridge Initiative, but without, but just Bridge in it. Got it. I'll get it in post. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing I'd like to ask, um, just if you were to run into somebody who was looking to go down your path starting today, what one piece of advice would you want to give them? Um, I think just re- like research what you're interested in. I, I th- there are so many people all over the country that are doing like really cool things with theater. So I, f- and I mean, there's like groups popping up on Facebook of people trying to like network with each other. So I think if you're interested in something, chances are there's going to be someone else who has experience doing that thing. So yeah, I would just say reach out and talk to as many people as as you can that are interested in the same things. Awesome. Reach out, find your people. That's fantastic. (laughs) All right, Rebecca, we got to thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistphx at gmail.com.